website. It says, uh, yeah, in the subject line, Sharon Woods, which again is where yesterday we, um, so, so yesterday it's where we did our engagement yeah. pictures, and he sent it. He just forwarded it. He just seven thirty seven. He just PM. forwarded your own email back to you. I think he for no, he forwarded something to himself and then sent it to me this morning. But with no message. But with no message. Just that's that's as creepy as someone calling your house and you go hello, but no one responds. Oh, there was a picture attached. It just took it. It took it a while oh, to okay. load. Oh, okay, okay. It's just a picture of. It just took it a while to load on my phone. I was like, oh, here we go again. Dad misusing technology. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Hey, son, did you get that email that I forwarded you for the, of the photos you sent to me? <laughs> so weird. Okay, I got it now. I replied back and go, what? And now I'm going to look like the asshole. So great. Thanks a lot, Dad. And it's recorded. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I totally wanted to call him out. <laughs> Hey, you fucked up again. Ma, uh, ma, mom told the story. You, 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 you heard it when we were unfortunately dealing with. We had to put a, a dog down, but um, yeah. Today, this last week was a very trying week. It was. Yeah. I was just. It was weird. I traveled all week and then came back to a broken hot water heater, and that was just a mess. And, and then, a broken heart. And then the Zoe thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, that aside. Uh, Unless you want to talk about dead dogs, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, we were we were we were in the vet and we were talking about us just beating up our dad on the last podcast <laughs> <laughs> about like apparently me being upset about not having a surprise birthday party thing for me, and yeah. mom also confirmed that our father called her to discuss. A surprise birthday party for me this year because he has seen how depressed or sad I get when I don't have a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the dumbest fucking thing <laughs> and then mom's, on earth. And then mom's like, well, you know how, you know, maybe you are. I was like, mom, do you think I'm that type of person? Well, you know, maybe you, I was like, do you think I am that type of person? Yeah. Yes or no? She's like, no. I was like, then <laughs> like, yeah, people should have a little common sense. I mean. Most of all, you, dad, and mom should know me pretty well. Same with yeah. Stephanie. I think I'm the only one that knows you that well. <laughs> Just like, like I'm the else. only one that's going to call the bullshit out on the whole thing. Ugh. And it's weird how it's now spiraled into this. I think yeah. it's just dad's own way of. I don't. I think he really believes what he says. I don't. Th I don't think he's lying in the context that. Something wasn't said, and then he says it was said. I think he really, truly believes in his own head that you felt like he's conjuring these things in his own head about you being upset and or depressed by not having surprise birthday parties. Like, I was even thinking, like, maybe, maybe under some weird circumstance, he heard me, like, maybe making a joke about that or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe right. I was joking, but he took it seriously. But I, could, I couldn't recall a time I don't remember. where yeah. I was like, oh, I wish I had a birthday party. That probably likely didn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I feel that. Uh, How come Corey gets a surprise birthday party and I don't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It is. He's just so. And you know what, though? He, he, uh, he helped me out yesterday. He brought the dogs. Um, for us to take pictures and uh i was pretty happy because it was it was easy for us to kind of manage the dogs while we were taking photos and then when we were done with them he just hung out in the car with them so he helped me out a lot yesterday yeah. so i'm appreciative of that he's, he's just, a good daddy but he's just he's crazy i, I think subconsciously I think it's at this point i think the party like subconsciously he's telling himself I need to have a birthday party for my son, Chris, because he's 32. He might die soon. I don't know. Probably. But he yeah. needs to have good birthdays. But subconsciously, his his mind is telling me, but it's really for us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's. I mean, it is. It's like you get to see your siblings. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't. You know what's weird to me is I don't know. Like, in my head, I'm going, okay, if I threw a Chris's surprise birthday party... 
here's the list of people I wouldn't invite. <laughs> yeah, start which with is the, the list same exact wouldn't. list Dad would We're, invite. Let's let's figure out the blacklist. Before we figure yeah, out. let's figure out who to eliminate <laughs> first. And so it's weird. It's weird to me that Dad's head goes like, "Oh, Chris will really enjoy these subset of people," and you're like, "Motherfuck, will I?" <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I say. We should still figure something out. But anyway, but anyway, oh, I'm going to prank his ass. It'd be so funny. It's going to happen. Yeah, you have to figure out something. Well, you've got an entire month to figure it out. So Yeah. Because your surprise birthday is roughly two weeks after your actual birthday. I know. So, I might be out of town. That'll turn out <laughs> I well. actually might be out of town, too. Oh, please be out of town. Because I, I think I have go. to go to um, Detroit, I think. Or is it Vegas? I don't remember. It's for a birthday party. Either way, I would. It'd be real cool if you were out of town because I don't want to go. <laughs> so I just don't want to go. I mean, no offense. It's not that I, I would hang out with you. I just don't want to go. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But anywho, so last week we were talking about um, that Larry Nassar guy. Yeah. Who's still going through sentencing because there's no shortage of people who want to actually talk to this man or say something to him. I feel like his entire sentence is now just going to be, you have to listen to all these 150 people over the next 175 years. Oh, God. Basically, just because there's still, I mean, it's still going. He's still in court, even though, like, because everybody's getting their chance to speak out and speak up. And a lot of people have taken that liberty at this point, which they weren't before. But I saw on the news, and it was pretty cool, there was a dad of one of the girls who was molested who was speaking in court with Larry Nassar in the room, and he was basically asking or pleading with the judge to give him five minutes <laughs> in a room alone with Larry Nassar. This guy was an incredibly large human being. I mean, he would have—you know when you think about, like, <clears throat> like two people our size, it would take a long time— would just bare fist for either one of us to kill one another. Yeah. It would take a lot. Yeah. This guy, I feel like, could rip other human beings in half. He was so big. His hands were massive. And Larry Nassar's not a big guy. No, he's like skinny. Old yeah, he's just like an old, frail dude. So it was like five minutes in a It wouldn't even take that. I think this guy oh, could probably kill him in a matter of like a minute. Like Judge, Larry I just Nassar want, would be dead. Give me five minutes to. I just want to talk with the man. Yeah. I just want to have a conversation. I just want to have a conversation. I just kind of want to figure out his position, you know? The judge is like, um, no. Yeah, and that, he asked for it. He kept pleading for five minutes. Just give me five minutes. Like, I know and the where judge, this leads. <laughs> the, the judge looks at him and she goes, you know I can't do that. I mean, there's a recording of the whole thing. She's like, you know that I can't do that. I wish she would have said, you know I can't do that as much as I wish I but could. I, but she, like, turns around her chair and everybody looks towards the walls. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> like look away. charges him. Yeah, so that's what happened was after the judge just repeatedly said no – this dad, you could see it in his eyes. When you when you watch the video, you can see his eyes like light up. Like as soon as she says no, and he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna get my chance alone." So here goes nothing, <laughs> and he fucking charges. He gets pretty close, but three massive security guards could they could read it on his face that he was gonna charge. Oh yeah, and they intervened pretty quickly and and took him down. Unfortunately, but I was like, man, if I was one of those security guards, I'd have just turned the other cheek. I'd have just been like, whoops, missed him. I probably would have handled it differently. I probably would have walked up to Larry. It's like, Judge, I just want five minutes alone with Larry. She's like, you know, I can't do that. Uh, but I'll allow. Uh, that would be crazy. And I go in a room with Larry, and he's sitting at the table wearing his orange jumpsuit because he's just getting ready for prison, wearing those fucking handcuffs. Basically, he's just handcuffed at the goddamn table. Yeah, the long shackles. And I walk in there, I'm like, Larry, Larry, Larry. <laughs> what have you done? And I walk around the table, and I get real close to him, and then I, like, lick his ear. And then I, like, <laughs> grab his face, kiss him on the mouth, and grab his dick. <laughs> Just, like, give him the uncomfortableness. How does it feel, Larry? How does it feel to be molested, Larry? <laughs> oh, my, dude, and he's such a big guy. <laughs> that kind of molestation, is, it's never pretty. No. It's never pretty. It's uh, not like skinny I guy, skinny girl. I would have molested Larry. Yeah. Maybe he would have, too. We don't know because he didn't have a chance to. Yeah, maybe he wanted to kiss I him. I mean, the, the strategy may not have been beat the shit out of him. It may have just been like. I'm eye like, for an eye. Right. It's like, I'm going to 
put my dick in your mouth. Yeah. Basically. What is it, Lassie? Someone's hurt. <laughs> There's going to be a point the contractor's going to come down here and knock on the door and tell me he's leaving. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm going to have to uncomfortably pause this episode <laughs> to accommodate. Um, yeah, so afterwards, the father, um, it was like well, I'm probably on all news outlets, but I saw it on Fox News. Yeah. Where he was, he was basically saying like, you know, I'm, I believe in God and I believe in heaven. And he was like, Larry Nassar is, I can't wait for him to go into like the darkest, deepest pits and corners of hell. It's like, I also believe in the right hand of God. Yeah. The smashing fist. Yeah. I wish he would have. It'd have been really cool. I feel like, um, you know, it's weird, like sentencing and all that stuff. It's you almost look at sentencing as like the final word. Yeah. Oh, you get 175 years in prison for all these different things. But how many people with powerful lawyers and money they get out figure like, out a way to get out? They get out in like a quarter of the time. Like he's going to get like house arrest or something. And how disappointing would that be? Well, I don't know because that judge seemed. I'll tell you very, what. Though. I mean, she said some harsh words. I'll tell you him. what. I, either this is a rumor or maybe it's like some. Um, fabled wives' tale, but as far as I'm concerned, prison time, when you're convicted of molesting children, is like a death sentence for you in a, oh, like yeah. a, a prison yeah, system. Yeah, and he gets no protection. I mean, he's not, he's a doctor. Like, it's... So, he's gonna get it way harsher in prison than yeah. the sentencing of 170-some years. He done. He's fucked. His little... He done. His bum-bum hole... That thing that's rotted into a black pit from all the shit he hasn't wiped out of his hairy ass is about to get violated yep. for the next several years. Yep. And it's just going to look like, I don't know. It's going to look like the entrance to a cave all the way up in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, with blackish curly vines coming out from its abyssal. <laughs> rock mold and yeah. sulfur. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get it. He's going to get, it's a, it's going to be a harsh penalty. Yes, it is. You know, that's probably what he's thinking. He's probably not thinking like 175 years in prison. Oh, well, I'm in prison for the rest of my life. He's probably thinking like, I'm going to get raped hard as soon as I go to prison. Yeah. My prostate's going to ache. I feel like there, um, like there's going to be a prison mate, like a big ass dude with like the guy in prison who everybody knows has the monster cock and there, he's going to ask Larry Nassar. He's just be like, well, how many, how many girls did you rape? And you're like, oh, 134. And that big guy's going to go, over the next 134 days, I'm going to be inside you. <laughs> I can just see that. That's how that's going to go down. It's got to be a whisper, too, right? right do, you think, of his ear. do you think Larry Nassar is going to kill himself in prison? Is there an over-under on that? There's got to be Vegas bets for that. He might. I would maybe expect it more if he was, like, sobbing uncontrollably and the sentencing i think i think he's i think he'll go i think he'll i think he'll be okay in prison i think he'll be alive in prison for the first 60 days i think after that he's going to commit suicide i i don't think his it'd he won't be long term it would save us on taxes yeah he won't die in prison he just seems like the guy that the kind of guy that's just going to be like all right i can't do this anymore yeah. he's just going to kill himself because he's going to get ass pummeled yeah a lot I mean, by many, many guys. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> enjoy it, Larry Nassar. Yeah. There's going to be some big boys inside you. They're going to fucking fill every orifice of your body. They're going to blow out your O-ring and you won't be able to control your shits. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> uh, did you watch the um, the Trump State of the Union address? Yes, I know. Yeah. No, I did. No, you didn't. I did. Did you, watch, did you actually watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. A house divided. <laughs> it is definitely a house divided. Adam and I were in, uh, we were, where did we watch it? We watched it in Chicago. So we were at a cigar bar in Chicago. I thought it was really well stated. I think I, I appreciated like the invitees or the invite list of it was actually a pretty lot of cool. Americans and even the um, South Korean or North Korean folks. There was a welder from Dayton, Ohio on there. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. The Marine, like some of the Marines and. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was well. I mean, obviously everybody was expecting like he was going to. Basically, brag to to but like to, sh- to show the American public, like, hey, you didn't believe I could do this shit, and here I am well, a year later. Well, here's here's what we have to understand, though. And this is what has to be taken in consideration. And I'm not, 
I'm not one side or the other. But there's a reason speechwriters exist. Oh, yeah. Because had Donald Trump wing that, that shit like he usually does, it would have <laughs> been Trump-esque. Yeah. It would have been like, look at what I did. <laughs> Democrats don't know anything. I mean, it would have been it would have been quintessential Trump. But you have speechwriters for a reason. Yeah. How it, I do feel, though— so what speechwriters can't do is they aren't the ones communicating, so that's not the inflection in their voice. It's not the – there's no act of – speechwriting is just words on paper, but then you have to actually put part yeah. to paper. I thought he did that exceptionally well. Yeah. I and I am was. not a Trump fan. I'm just saying let's, <laughs> catch, let's just be honest. Did you catch a couple of the Democrats that, like, none of them stood? And you could see them all looking at each other. Oh, yeah. Like, they were, like, looking. Are you like, standing? Do we stand up? Nancy, Do we clap? Nancy Pelosi. She was one of bitter beer face. Oh, oh my God. God her face time. was just, just like. Yeah, she was not happy. But there was a couple times where, because, like, the house was pretty well divided. Like, you could tell what side was the Democratic oh, side yeah, and what yeah. side was yeah, the Republican. Yeah, they sit on their own sides, right? And when you're watching it. Like there was moments where like Paul Ryan and uh, Mike Pence, Mike Pence were behind, and they're like standing up, clapping like it's a goddamn like pep rally at a fo- fo- like a yeah. high school football game. And then you see the Republicans, a majority of them standing up and clapping, even sitting down and clapping. And then occasionally they would look towards the Democratic side, and you might see like the occasional like even black or white Democrat just kind of like all right. Just like clapping, but the rest of them are like not moving. They're just like statues. Yeah. So that you're always going to get that. That's political BS. Right. It's the same thing that happened when Obama was in office. You had Republicans that would sit. I think, um, you know, at that point, you've you've got to you are on TV. So it's the power of your position. And yeah. I get it. If you're a Democrat, it's like we we don't stand for a lot of what's being done Plus, or being said. But there there were instances. So I was sitting there. We were in this like large group of guys. It was on two TVs, and and that room was full when Adam and I were sitting in there. So we were having conversations with them, just predicting what was going to happen. And I kind of said out loud, as like, uh, who here thinks, or like, who thinks that Democrats are going to sit or stand once Trump says something about supporting the troops? And some guys just like. If any one of those motherfuckers sits, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. Yeah, like they he did, dude. And and there was there were some of them that sat. And it, Nancy Pelosi, I thought would be one of them, but she wasn't. She stood for the troops. So there's a few that were sitting, and I was like, that's Fuck fucked up. That's fucked yeah, up. That's th- our military. There, there was there was some like non-political things he talked about where yeah. Democrats just literally did not want to show any sort of support yeah, or th- there's some that did in. and there's some that didn't i noticed that the camera was um the camera was pretty focused on the african-americans yes that's what i'm saying that like, were in the audience I, the black democrat guy that i saw was just like all right yeah all okay right. this isn't that's bad this isn't bad <laughs> i get on board with this and then he looks around and then like you see a white democrat slap him like slap him in his hand <laughs> <laughs> uh, no you're making us look bad um, I read a poll afterwards that it was 98% of the Republicans agreed that that was a really good speech, and 43% of Democrats agreed that it was a good speech. So that's actually that's, in his favor. And then oh. publicly, 74% or 77% I thought it was really thought, good. Thought they were, I, I it liked good. it because it was super objective, right? A lot of when you see State of the Union addresses, it's mm-hmm. it's conceptual. It's a little about what I've done, but what we need to do going forward. It's like creating this silk screen for, like, what do the next three years look like? And Trump really concentrated on here's the things that have already gone in effect, like the tax thing. You can't dispute that. A lot of people stood and clapped. It's like that was that's not only a great thing for Americans, but it's a great thing for our economy. It's it, it it's going to create a nice cycle and fusion of money over the course of the next couple of years, help people get out of debt and so on. Like there's, it's addressing major issues. Or at least pump it back financially. into the economy right. for it, consumer goods. Right. It's, I think it has, it will have a great outcome. So he was talking about, yeah. I did this, but here's what we're going to do long-term. Here's the things that I want to continue doing. Like he said, this will be the last year under the crazy control of the IRS. Like this, this whole process is going to be revamped. Simplify. Yeah. Right. Some, I actually saw it was a Senator, that maybe we talked about this on another podcast, but he was talking about the idea of filling out your tax returns. It's a postcard, Ted Cruz. Po- yeah, Ted yeah Cruz, Senator yeah. Ted Cruz. He had like a really simple, like 
it's just a one one postcard and you fill out limited amounts of information the just basic income information and so on how much did you make what class are you in what's your name blah 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 yeah one postcard here's what it is and that's your return yeah and it's it's ready to go so it simplifies the process right because right now the hard part this is what the sticking point always is with the irs and taxes People don't understand how the calculations occur. No, and if you if you when you go through, it's really hard to do the math. Let's just say that, like, right. when you look at it formulaically on your sheet or on your tax return when you're filling out information, you should be able to discern what the formula is. Yeah, ninety nine percent of people in the United States don't understand. And when they do, what the outcome and is. when you do deductions. There is no clear-cut definition to Definitely as not. the deduction amounts based on percentages of whatever expenses you've incurred. It's a it's a ton of gray it's, area. It, there's so much gray area. Like they could just set set it to whatever the fuck they want. Right. And you're like, well, okay, so I spent like a thousand dollars in I don't know printing equipment. Right. I want to write it off as a deductible. It's like we're giving you ten dollars. It's like okay, so is it? 10% or something else. Yeah, what is what's the calculation? Yeah. And, I think and, but, they, but they don't tell you what you get specifically just for that. Like right. they just lump it into the yeah. grand total. It's like, "Well, I kind of want to see the breakdown." What, what is it broken down? Yeah. That's the problem is the the breakdown is the complicated part. Yeah. Like that's where I feel like there's 30 different variables. We're going we need um from the IRS we need um 3,000 line item bits of information about you when you're tax return. And then yeah. we're going to take that, and then um, we're going to give you a summary. We're only going to give you a summary, but we need 3,000 things about you. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, I think it should be. Now, I don't expect people to fully go through. It's kind of like terms and conditions. Like, no one reads terms and conditions when they sign up for shit online. But at least be transparent about it, whether they go through the breakdowns or not. Like, yeah. be transparent about it. Fuck. It's yeah. like, but the problem is they don't want to do that because any chance of any fucking uh, screw ups on their end causes a shit storm that they gotta basically audit themselves. Right. And they're a pretty small organization. I don't know if you know these people, this people, but IRS is not a large organization. It's not. There's not a lot of people that work for the IRS. So you know the idea of being audited themselves. Yeah. Would totally break down the process of getting a tax return and take like months. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. someone would be like, wait, this number ain't right. Yeah, if you work <laughs> in the IRS, you ain't getting audited. <laughs> you are the auditor. Yeah. It's so weird. I, I think it's so strange to me that that's how complicated that process has gotten over, like, the past couple hundred years. Yeah. And whoever thought, like, I get that you have to have, like, this managed organization to help kind of bring it all together. But how did it get so complicated? That's the crazy thing. And, oh. up, uh, and up until, like, TurboTax and H&R Block Online... Like, yeah. we were having to manually do that shit. Yeah. I mean, you had to hire a tax guy to figure this shit out. Now, even back then with Dukes and Lords, it was relatively simple. It's like, you owe us uh, 10 gold shillings. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And now, they didn't give you a breakdown. The penalty is your wife is mine. <laughs> no, they don't give you a breakdown, but... Neither does the IRS 400 years later. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's corrupt. Everybody knows it is. So that'll be something to really nice to look forward to in the future. Is, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're going to call it. Maybe you call it the IRS. I don't care what you call it as long as it's more simplistic than what it is currently. Yeah. I think that. So it's kind of cool, like, going back to the Trump thing. It's kind of cool to see that some of these things are actually happening. And I'm yeah. not saying that all of them are good. I'm not saying all of them are bad. There's a good intermix. But. It's nice to see action behind something and not just hearing words. I think we've had a lot of presidents as of recent where you hear a lot of words or they have this agenda in their head of this is what I want to accomplish, but it may not be relative to most Americans. They may look at it and say, this is what I want as part of my legacy, but it's it's not really affecting positively a, a vast majority of the population. Now, I'm not sure what goes on behind closed doors. But I think the biggest problem with politics is that you want to create a system by which everybody feels like it's a fair exchange right. or business transaction. And so when you put together policies and then it goes to, like, the Senate and the House, um, 
you're, you're trying to create a package by which everybody would agree to it, at least maybe have some input on it so they don't feel like they're just being railroaded. Yeah. Because the minute you railroad in politics is the minute they do these, like, stupid-ass strikes where they fucking take two weeks off and they're like, yeah. well, we're not touching anything until we get what we want. Yeah. And that political BSery, and that's always what bogs down things getting done in any presidency or president's term. Even with Obama, Obama tried to do a lot. He just couldn't do it. Yeah, because of the political side of. I think Obama would have been much better off had he not been so bold with what he was trying to pass through, like Obamacare. Yeah, like I think sometimes you have to be strategic in doing maybe some of those kind of middle party issues, like the ones that people are kind of split on, and maybe it's um, maybe it's like gay rights. Right? Yeah. That's something that a lot of Republicans get on board with, too. It's like maybe you ease your way into these things, doing something like that or getting like gay marriage passed and whatever it may yeah. be. And then working towards some of these bigger, more grander things. Obama's just like Obamacare. And everyone's like, hold the fuck on. And yeah. it's hard to get. I mean, he did, but it all got appealed. So it didn't really matter. It took three years to build it. Yeah, it took forever to build it. It was this huge document. Everybody read through it pretty thoroughly, too, because no one wanted to miss anything, as far, especially if you're a Republican. You don't want to miss any part of that because you want to know how it's relative. You know, what are the goods? What are the pros? What are the cons? The, and yeah. you have to be able to speak intelligently about it. I remember listening to Paul Ryan and Paul Ryan, how many times he had to read a 1200 page document. Every time something was amended, he went back and reread it. It's like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. And that's the reason nothing ever gets done. Like it's just so much red tape yeah. and back and forth in four years and, and, and four a term year, is not long. It's enough. not long enough to pull these big, big plans or right. repositions off it just isn't I, I feel like you really have to start small like small strategic things you know what it, and then build up to the only way shit like that ever happens is if you can somehow have a political process by which it's like a baton race yeah right where you've got a democrat in office because i'm i'm being real here so understand that when it goes from a democrat to a republican democrat to a republican nothing will ever get accomplished in any term right but treat it like a baton race if you had the ability by which you set a, a vision or a goal to do something like healthcare, maybe it is, you know, like Obamacare yeah. was trying to do and like trying to do. It's easier to continue that progression, even if it doesn't get done at the end of your term, but you started it. But you hand the baton off to the next candidate. Right. Right. And then they take that baton and continue to refine and build on it. That's the only way it would ever get done, like the right way. Right. Because the reality is that four years is not enough time to do it. Eight years even is relatively not enough time to do these big grandiose things. Yeah. Especially if you have a house split versus yeah. the president that you're never going to get anything no, accomplished. You I, could get something accomplished if the house and the presidency were like all Republican or all Democrat for eight years. You yeah. could probably get a lot accomplished. But – one of the things that's always baffled me that I think about is how long it's going to be until an independent party or a libertarian party member is going to be elected president. Because right now, and we've talked about this before, the polarization of both sides, Democrat and Republican, are the reason things never get accomplished. So at what point is someone going to step in to the middle road role of libertarian or whatever independent party and finally, people are going to go, you know what? We're not getting anything accomplished over here. We're not getting anything accomplished over here. Here's this viable candidate who is kind of cut from the same cloth most people are because a lot of people, including myself, are very split. Mm-hmm. Who is that representative going to be? And when are Americans finally going to go, okay, fuck the Republicans, fuck the Democrats. Let's go this way. Because you can't get anything accomplished any other way. No. Not, not anything meaningful. And when, you, when, when something does get accomplished on either one of the sides, it ends up getting appealed as soon as the president turns over. You know, as soon as Democrat becomes Republican, Republican, now Democrat, everything gets fucking appealed. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to get rid of that. You know, even if it's good, you know, you'll get rid of it. Or it, like with the universal health care thing, Obamacare, it's, it got appealed plenty of times and then got repealed i mean now it's yeah it's gone and and who knows what the next generation is going to be if any it's just a broncos and patriots thing fucking every goddamn term yeah, that's it's weird like, but yeah isn't there just another team that can fucking 
going to the Super Bowl just once. <laughs> Actually, it's just Patriots. It's just Patriots. It's Patriots. <laughs> Might as well have Patriots versus Patriots. Yeah. They need to split the team up <laughs> and just have a Patriots just, versus Patriots yeah. Super Bowl. That's but what needs to happen. It's always the same teams, and you get after a while, you get sick of the same fucking team going to the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, the problem is, is the support around an independent is so limited. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it is. It doesn't make sense that it is. But it's just because we've had these two parties for such a long time. That's all people know. Yeah. It's like my mother's father's grandpa's uncle's whatever was republican way back when so it just raced its way up our fucking family tree and it's like it doesn't need to be that way yeah don't think about don't pull don't don't attach to political beliefs because it's been handed down from family oh god yeah make it make it your own ideals like make it like what when something happens politically what are you thinking about what are you internalizing like, how does it make you feel? And what is your reaction to it? That's how I think about politics. I don't think about it like, well, my mom's a Republican, which yeah. she is. Well, all my friends are Republicans. And Dad, who knows what the fuck he is. His th- his temperature changes every five seconds. Yeah. You know, one minute he's... He's like, I voted for the vampire kid. Did yeah. you, like, see that there's, like, a... Uh, there always is. It's, um... They're called, uh, the group's called um, something of the underground. <laughs> I researched these guys, like, yeah. when Obama was president. Yeah. Like, his first, Obama's first term, his first, when he first got elected, that yeah. was one of the there independent per- parties. There was a person. Lord, was it's like a Lord of the Underground yeah. or something like that. Yeah. He was like a vampire guy. He got quite a few votes. <laughs> I think he got like 1,400 votes. It's because we were a lot coming. more vampires out there than we suspect. It's because we were coming off the Twilight movies, and everybody's <laughs> like, you know what? Vampires are pretty cool. Vampires are pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Underground. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. They'll be the next ones to win. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice. Yeah. In the day and age of social media, man, they could make it happen. It's just going to be Watson from IBM. That would be weird. Like an AI system. Like AI is going to be the next president. The problem is, is they don't. Here's my issue with AI. Incredibly intelligent. Has no emotions. I think Not as of yet. I think that's what's. It's I think creepy. that's what's brilliant about it, though. It's like there is. There's relatively no bias. Yeah, but from a system that wasn't designed. But to don't have you bias. don't you like don't you like having someone who can feel? Like think about Obama. Obama was definitely a feeler. He was definitely an emotional person. Easy to attach to I mean, because of that emotion. I mean, I almost cried when Watson got his first question right. On Jeopardy. Oh God. So, I, I don't know. That. He's a little personable. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. What? I, who knows? But, dude, like, way down the road, who the fuck knows? I think the best political system we could possibly achieve is one of which is not singular, meaning that it's not just one person in power, that you yeah. have a selective group or committee that runs the country in various disciplines. Yeah. I stole that from Joe Rogan, but I actually really much believe in it. Yeah. I think that's just a smart way of doing it. Like picking a football team. Like it's like having a roster. Yeah, having a roster. Yeah, you have a supported roster where everybody's relatively equal. They're equal. There's not you may have a captain, but that person doesn't really politically hold any more power than anyone else in the committee. Yeah. That decisions have to be made based on those votes. Those votes of however many I people. I mean, it can bog things down, but it would be a little bit more rounded. Rounded yeah, out. you wouldn't have these big things that are but happening boy, over in each area. But like anything, you'd have to have a really strong team that was synergistic. Yeah, for o- sure. Otherwise, nothing ain't getting. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, you just gotta select. You just gotta select the right people. Yeah, to have the right individuals in place. Anywho, so <clears throat> this week we didn't do a review this week. And I mean, I did. Oh well, I'm sorry. What did you smoke? I don't remember. Okay, well then it's not relevant, <laughs> is it? Uh, I wanted to do this, so this week, and we may end up splitting this into two parts, maybe a two-parter, um, I wanted to talk about cigar storage, and the reason I do is because I keep getting questions all the time about where do you keep your humidity, how do you season a humidor, what if I do this, oh, my stuff's in this little plastic bag, how long can it stay? I get tons of questions about storage. Uh, it's yeah. a very important subject because without proper storage of cigars, you will ruin what you have. In like a week. Yeah, in a pretty short period of time. So what I wanted to talk about on this episode are the different types of storage, one, and then the different types of humidity that you can attach 
mm-hmm. inside the storage. Yeah. And then I think uh, next episode, the next iteration of this in the second part, will actually break down how to do certain things. Yeah. Um, so there are many different types of storage. And there's preference from everybody. And there's going to be, you know, I'm going to say some of these things and people are going to be listening going, that's not how you do it. That's not the way you do it. Understand that there's many ways to store cigars. Not every single one's right or wrong or whatever. It's all about preference. Yeah. Um, fucking 20s and 30s, they stored them in fucking jars. Mason yeah, jars. Mason jars. And there's still, there's still people who store them in jars. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple different ways of doing it. And I'm going to start off with saying kind of what you would do as a beginner and then versus what you would have if you're more enthusiastic about cigars. A collector. Which would, yeah, which would be something probably similar to what I do now. Yeah. Um, it isn't uncommon when someone starts smoking cigars to go, okay, well, now I have this small little collection. How do I store them? There's a couple of different ways of doing it. And my first recommended way of storing cigars, if you haven't already gone down the process of buying an actual built-in humidor, something that is sealed that has the Spanish cedar in it. The best way of doing it is Tupperware by far. And the reason I say it's Tupperware is because Tupperware has a tight seal on it. I think it's always misunderstood that you have to have, it has to be encapsulated in something that's wood. It does not. No. Specifically Spanish cedar. That's fucking bullshit. All that does is add a certain scent to it. That's that it. That's is, all is Spanish appealing. cedar does. Spanish cedar is really good at absorbing the moisture at a, at, a, at a pretty correct humidity. But so is pine. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can use. There's, I yeah. mean, you don't want to get a wood that's obviously going to taint the smell or taint the yeah. flavor of cigar, but it's something basic and neutral you can use. But it always is fairly misunderstood that if you're getting into cigar smoking, you have to go out and buy a freaking box humidor. You have to go out and buy a tabletop humidor. You don't have to. You can store cigars very easily in a Tupperware container because it is sealed. That's the most important thing is that it's tightly sealed because you have to keep humidity control in. You can do a small Tupperware container with a Boveda pack. A Boveda pack is set to a specific humidity, and boom, you've got you've got cigar storage. Which are like a few bucks, right? Yeah, they're not expensive yeah, at all. Like two or three bucks. And that, that'll hold humidity in a small yeah. Tupperware. Let's say you have a collection of five to ten. Easily a month. We'll hold it for a very long time. Yeah. You just need to make sure that it's not getting over-humidified, and I would definitely recommend, obviously, keeping it away from sun. Tupperware is usually clear or opaque. You definitely don't want to expose it to sunlight. Keep it somewhere cool. Um, the cooler it is in temperature, the better. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. When, it, when you have a cold cigar, it is wonderful. Oh, I love cold cigars. I I, I I love mine chilled. My Coolador is currently set to 57 degrees. I feel like it brings out the flavors better, which I love. And when you even when you toast the foot and even light the cigar, because the rest of it's chilled, it doesn't have as harsh burning at the beginning or when you relight it when you have a colder cigar. Yeah, if it ta- it to me it feels smoother. Yeah. When it's colder. Yeah, I agree. I like I like a chilled cigar. Mm. So mm. Um, Tupperware container, nothing wrong with it. It worked perfectly fine, especially if you're a novice and you're new and you're just building a small collection and you don't want to spend the money or you're not yet to the point where you feel like going down the path of seasoning a humidor, which is it's we'll talk about that yeah, in part, and, in part two. Be but. relatively conscientious about the size, too, because I think probably the most ideal Tupperware would be the like the like five by sevens, you know, yeah. that are like maybe yeah, three inches tall. Yeah, that can house the, plenty of cigars you can hold and has like the length. Ten to fifteen cigars easy yeah. in it. Yeah. Though that's probably the better size. Anything bigger than that, then you have to be conscientious of making sure it is humidified right. properly. But like it's almost like treating a Tupperware like a small box. Like yeah. a small little heme door. Yeah. I mean and they and they work great. Yeah. Um the next kind of <laughs> hillbilly, jerry-rig type um, makeshift humidor you can do, and this would be if you have a larger collection, would be something like an igloo. Um, the igloo, uh, what are they fucking called? It's, it's the, they're like the travel coolers. Travel coolers, yeah. And you can buy them for $30. Yep, and and again, the the importance of that is that they seal up, yeah, really well. You can buy the same stuff you can put in a high end like Coolador, um, and literally mount them inside of there. I've seen people build. I've seen people take like these. They make these makeshift travel, you know, travel coolers and stuff, and they will put Spanish cedar trays in them. Yeah, they'll it. put Oasis active <laughs> humidifiers in them, and boom, they've just made this makeshift 
humidor Which easily holds 400. Oh, they could you can hold so much. I've seen some really cool ones. Yeah. So I've seen them with lights. That gives them. you another that gives you another alternative to some of these pre-built things that you have to season and so on. Um, I've seen people who have done full fridges where they've take the innards out of a refrigerator and they've literally made this makeshift giant humidor. So you have the ability to do that, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes, let's say you do buy some quality cigars, and, like, maybe it's, like, your favorite cigar, and they only have one left, and it's, like, a limited run, and you're like, I want to save this, but I don't have a Coolador. I don't have anything to really keep it well-maintained right now. Dude, you can literally throw it in a freezer. Yeah. You can literally freeze that fucker. Yeah, I actually recommend. I've recommended it on this podcast before. People who are looking to age that don't have cooladors, yeah, freeze them, freeze them. Just because freezing is going to do a few things. One, it's going just like anything else. It's freezing preserves. Yeah, and it's the same with cigars. The other thing it'll make sure, and this is more in prevention, is that you're not going to get super fluctuations in temperature. You're not going to get super fluctuations in humidity, meaning that you are limiting the risk of things like cigar beetles and so on, which can be devastating to anything that's expensive inside of a humidor. So freezing cigars, especially if you want to hold on to them for a while, like let's say you've got a couple Opus X's and you're like, you know, I'm not going to smoke these unless it's uh, unless it's a um, special occasion. Yeah. I recommend if you have the space, freezing them for sure. Now, I think that's always a good Now, route. don't just keep them in the cellophane and throw them in there. Be a little conscientious of... <laughs> Yeah, direct exposure, but you could put them in like a Tupperware container. Put them in a Tupperware container. Yeah, something, something that doesn't directly, you know, that isn't yeah. like you know wrappers right. straight to. You know, <laughs> put them in something. Yeah, but it is definitely okay, and in many instances, wise in my opinion, to freeze cigars. By the way, when you freeze them, it doesn't take that long to thaw. You can start smoking a cigar within probably five to ten minutes of it being in the freezer because everything within the cigar doesn't actually freeze. freeze it just yeah. it just lowers the temperature greatly enough to where it preserves. Yeah, which is I think that honestly, in my opinion, that's the better way to go. I mean, I keep my cool door really cold already. Just yeah. as a prevention, and a, I like to maintain a coolness. He's got to set at fifty-seven Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's fifty-seven right now, and that's that's chilly. I yeah. mean, a lot of people like keeping up in sixties. I'm like, it, there's it, there's no advantage to keeping it warmer as long as my humidity is spread throughout my cooler And that's the only hard part when you're talking about temperature drops and is that people, you have to maintain humidity. But what do we know about humidity, people? Hot air dries. Hot air dries. It's like it's like painting a wall, right? Everybody knows. That you don't put cool air you, on it. You don't put cold air on a on a wet, dry wall that right. you've just painted because it takes forever. Same thing with cigars. Yep. The cooler it is, the more humidity stays within the. Yep. The only thing that you have to worry about is making sure that you maintain the humidity throughout the right, entire right. and and through the environment, which I do via I have a a, a basically an external fan that I use that yeah. keeps everything really kind of keeps it in motion and flowing. But yeah, it works out great. What else do we Super know? Maintain about air people. Hot air rises. <laughs> cold, cold air, air drops. drops. Yep. That's why my fans at the bottom. Same thing in a cooler. <laughs> Be conscientious that your bottom sticks could be in a fucking perfect condition, and those top ones are like dry as Dryer a popcorn fart. <laughs> yeah, and that's happened to me before because one time I accidentally shut my fan off and I didn't realize it. And then I came back and I was like, why is the humidity so low? But I have humidifiers on each tray, like on each one. So you can kind of gauge and, each one. And then my bottom level was my bottom level was fine, and my top level was almost. It was almost. It was about 20% people, even less humidity. The, even if they're analog, do yourself a favor and buy, like, a $6 hydrometer. Yeah. Because if you've got a larger humidor, you kind of want to make sure that the humidity is consistent throughout the whole thing, especially right. with a bigger one. Yeah, I was literally going to talk about that on the next episode, but thank oh, you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I was, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so there's... There's all different kinds of ways, and you can get creative with it, too. Like, I've seen people build. I've literally seen woodworkers build custom humidors. It's crazy. Like, I'm looking at my dryer right now, and I'm going, you'd make a fucking baller-ass humidor. I could take the innards of my dryer and make just a fucking fantastic humidor if I wanted to. There's all kinds of things you can do. So you can be creative, and it doesn't have to be overly expensive. There's a lot of expensive stuff out there, right? There's handmade, woodcrafted things that you buy that are outrageously expensive. I think some are worth it and some are not. Some are cheaper than others. Um, But you have this wide variable of options that you can choose from. And we talked a little bit about some of the cheaper stuff. 
easy maintenance, not much that you have to do. You can put a cigar in a Boveda pack, and boom, you've got your storage. For 80 bucks or less, you can build, like, the cooler. Uh, supers, yeah. Like a sweet, a cooler one that can hold hundreds of cigars. And as long as you're maintaining them and they're relatively cool and they don't get overheated, yeah. you'd be just fine. Again, there are... Anything that's vacuum sealed or anything that is very well sealed that holds moisture in is good. Um, Next above that would be now you're starting to get into something that you want to manage a little bit more. And that would be like a tabletop humidor, which are extremely common. Tabletop humidors usually have kind of an acrylic outside and then they're lined with Spanish cedar inside. Chris uses one. I still have one. I don't use it. It's more for storage now. I don't have any cigars and I just hold all my tools and shit in it. Um, But most of them come with analog hydrometers, um, which some are easy to calibrate. Some aren't. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, but usually most of these are lined with Spanish cedar. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Spanish cedar. Spanish cedar has been used for a very, very long time because of certain properties. The biggest property being that it was it's inexpensive. Aroma. Yeah, and it's aroma. And it's aroma. And this was used back in Spain when cigars were created using Spanish cedar. What I want everybody to be aware of now is that you don't have to use Spanish cedar. It isn't a requirement. I have shelves and boxes within my cold door that are not Spanish cedar. Now, they aren't wood that emits strange aromas. That's for sure. They're very baseline, very basic, because I didn't want anything being challenged within the flavor of cigar because we do reviews. Mm. Um, so I have something that's very neutral. But it works just great as far as containing cigars. It absorbs, absorbs moisture the way that it needs to. I can maintain everything the way that yeah. I want to. They work just fine, and they're a lot less expensive. Spanish cedar is not inexpensive anymore. So what I'm saying is, is you don't have to use it. But if you're buying a desktop humidor, it's likely lined with Spanish cedar because of those things. Because it's been, it's been long time used. So I'm not dissing it. I think if you already have something built in, you're going to be just fine. But I'm saying that if you want to add trays or if you want to add accessories and so on, yeah. you don't need to use Spanish cedar. Yeah. But most desktop humidors are lined with Spanish cedar. You do have to go through what's called a seasoning process. We'll go into that on the next episode. That's how you are actually going to start the maintenance process on your humidor. It's a very important process, and it does take a certain length of time depending on the environment around you. So. Be conscientious that if you are buying a desktop humidor or you're looking to buy a desktop humidor, one, follow the instructions. Do your research. Two, give it time. Don't rush the process. I made sure that I didn't rush the process on my first one when I was seasoning the unit, and it turned out great. I know people who do rush it, and they are disappointed with the results. So I would... My only warning is that if you do buy desktop humidor, please read instructions that the humidor comes with for seasoning process and do your research. Watch a fucking YouTube video or something. Don't yeah. ruin the don't ruin your humidor right off the bat. Yeah. And and the desktop humidor comes in a variety of sizes. I've seen ones that hold 15, 20 cigars. And by the way, when it gives you, and this is something to be very aware of, when a humidor gives you a certain cigar count that it will hold. That is in a petite Corona size. That is in the smallest Vitola of cigars. So if it says it holds 250, it means it holds 250 petite Coronas. If you're someone who likes a Gordo, you ain't squeezing 250 no, Gordos no. or a Churchill inside of your humidor. So you have to adjust. I mean, if that is your Vitola of choice, you say, I'm going to pack this full and you think you're going to get 250 out of it, you're not. You're probably going to get less than half of that. Um, I'm a Robusto fan, and I know that my Colador could probably hold – about 150, maybe 175 Robustos if I really packed them in there, which I think is perfect. And that's perfect for me mm-hmm. so for what I have. So understand that there are different sizes. There's different counts. Those accounts are all relatable to Petit Coronas. Yeah. That's what they gauge off of. So you have small ones, 15, 20, 25, 30. Then you have your medium-sized ones, which will typically go anywhere from 40 to like 80. And then you have large humidors, which can be... Humidors with certain shelves, they can be towers, they can be wide. Anywhere, for, any, yeah, the size up to two fifty, so really. Like you, yeah, like tabletops, you can get up to like two fifty. I think you can get some three hundreds. Yeah, there are some. So those are the stack. The yeah. I call them towers. Yeah, where they just have shelves that just stack. And after that, it really four. just kind of goes to commercial. 
Yeah. To where now you're into like the 500,000 count, 2,500 count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where you just, you're, you have cabinets, you have a cigar <laughs> cabinet essentially. Yeah. And there are some, I'm sure there, there's definitely some users out there. There's definitely some people who don't have stores that are, that have cigar cabinets oh, yeah. for sure. If you have the money and you have the inventory, it sometimes makes sense to have a cigar cabinet. Um, especially if you like the aesthetics of it. Yeah. That's, I mean, they look really cool. There are, I'm sure there's people who have an, you know, an Oasis active humidifier. And you know, and they're holding a thousand cigars or more. That's awesome. Keep um, those. Most units, people aren't going to have those. Those units are like two grand a piece. Yeah, they're expensive. So. And really, that's that's the big thing is like you have a price range for storage, and I love the flexibility around it. You don't have to do one thing. Like I've I've stored cigars in plastic bags with just like little t- you know small beveda packs, packs yeah. for months. Yeah. And it works out just fine. I'm, I mean, anywhere that I can store something that makes sense, hey, I'll do it. And be sure, like, let's say you don't have a humidor, and you buy sticks at a local tobacconist shop, or maybe it's even, like, a place that just maybe has just a small, like, humidor section. If you don't have a humidor, ask them for Bevedas. Because yeah. more than likely they have packs that they can give you inside the bags. They yeah, they usually will give you what's called there's like these little PG beads. Yeah, they usually give you those beads. Yeah, not, and the, not and directly Beveda, but yeah, they give you the the beads. Yeah, and they, they will hold humidity for a long yeah. time and disperse it evenly throughout even a plastic bag. Yeah, and that's the great thing. Those things work great and they're really inexpensive. Yeah, so make sure that yeah, if you are taking something to go that they provide those most do but some are better than others some of them don't it's not expensive they definitely no. have them um ask for those when you're traveling yeah and, you know at least if you or if you decide that you're going to have them in a plastic bag for a while make yeah. sure that you have those yeah you don't want your shit drying out yeah so next up and this is the progression that I got into and have held steady with is something like a coolador or what is also known as a winador. Winador meaning that it is essentially a wine cooler With that is now <laughs> that that has now been fixed into a uh, cigar humidor. Yeah. I like these units. This is my preference for a couple reasons. One, they're super easy to maintain. As long as you know what you're doing and you've gone down the path of understanding hydration and temperature, and how it relates to what makes a healthy cigar or preserves a cigar, this is the best way to go because it has temperature. It's got temperature control on it, one, and it shows you the temperature. And two, the storage capacity is a lot greater than what you would usually get. I like that a lot. I throw a digital hydrometer in there. I actually have two digital hydrometers. I used to have an analog. Is my analog still in there? I think you it's in the, the front. You got the analog on the, back, the bottom shelf. Yeah, which is not calibrated, so I'd really give no shits about that. It so like I have, it's at 80. <laughs> I have two digital. I had one that, it, you know, it. I have an app on my iPhone so where I can see and I get alert. So if it drops, you know, you know I, it lets me know basically if it drops below a certain humidity that I need to put more PG solution in or I needed some more distilled water in my container. So it gives me the ability to kind of check it when I want to and alert me when things change. Mm-hmm. But the temperature control is actually probably my favorite part because that's temperature control is the hardest thing to maintain depending on where your cigars are at. So, for example, there's some dum-dums out there that put their cigars on windowsills. Terrible yeah, idea. Bad idea. Great when it's nighttime. Terrible in daytime because if you get sun that comes through there, it is warming those past a temperature that is comfortable. It's like greenhouse effects, people. Heat and humidity create bacteria and create bad environments. It's how cigar beetles, the larvae from cigar beetles actually grow. So you can induce mold, cigar beetles. You are going to oversaturate everything within your cool door. Yeah, when you have glass... it's 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 the greenhouse effect, right? Where you're basically it's like you standing on your back back screen door and it's you know outside of that door it's like 10 degrees out, but right. when you stand in front of that grass it feels like 80. Yeah. Same effect like when sunlight or when glass is exposed to sunlight and it is in a contained environment, it will heat up. Yeah, for sure. And it'll go way beyond the temperature of the surrounding environment. I've seen it happen. I've seen a lot of cigars ruined. I had that happened to me this past was it this past summer or the summer before, where there's a certain angle at my condo where I had my humidor. There was a certain angle where the sun came through every single day mm. and it would super heat up my cooler <laughs> Like I mean it was I was like, oh shit. Like it would climb ten degrees. Oh, yeah, easy. And then everything at the top was like kind of spongy. Like I remember smoking, oh I remember pulling out one of my, um, 
one of my Perdomo champagnes. And I remember it literally being spongy, and I'm like, fuck, I need to get this under control. So direct exposure to sunlight can ruin cigars. But one of the reasons that I really love the Coolador is that I get to maintain that temperature, right? I'm not using environmental variables to maintain it. I'm not hiding it in a space that's got a shadow or a dark space. I, haven't, I don't have to hide it in a closet necessarily. Um, it can be out. Um, as long as you know that the temperature is maintaining the way that you want to. Because it does have a compressor built in, so it will regulate. Yeah, because, I mean, most people's living style for comfortability of temperature is always, like, between, like, 68 and 75. Yeah. So when you have a house that you're running a heater in or even AC and you're trying to keep a constant temperature anywhere between 68 and 75, your humidor is, is... in the exact, basically the exact same temperature. Yeah, it really is. That's that's essentially how it's maintained. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing that's keeping it at whatever temperature it is. And and people you'll people will tell you and you'll hear seventy 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 degrees seventy percent humidity. It doesn't have to be that. It's all preference. I I like my cigars a little drier, so I keep my humidity just slightly lower than seventy, and I do that because I like a little bit of a looser draw. I don't like more inside the fillers of the tobacco that make it more dense. I like it a little bit more light. I like drier cigars. It's preference for me. So I keep mine some any sometimes even down to 65, but usually right around 67 with cooler temperatures. So there is some preference involved. You're definitely safer going on the lower end than you are the higher end. On the lower end of humidity and the lower end of temperature, you're not going to get mold and you're not going to get cigar beetles, but you may dry stuff out. You may There may be concerns depending on how low you dip. Uh, then you're going to start getting cracked wrappers. It'll get too dry, and then it will make the smoking situation on those cigars pretty lackluster. So you have to be careful not to go too high, not to go too low, but I do have a preference for dry, and there's a lot of people that do. It doesn't have to be maintained exactly 77-70-70. So if you're struggling, and I've seen people, and I've had the questions, well, I can't get my humidor to go past 68. I'm like, what's wrong with 68? doesn't have to be right at 70. That two, that those Two degrees are not going to change the outcome of your your smoking. It's just not. So yeah. don't worry about that. Those small fluctuations. I know a lot of people when they don't have it exactly seventy seven, and and they see fluctuations, and a lot of it is a variable depending on what time of day it is, whether or not there's sunlight induced, whatever, and it could fluctuate a degree or two. People like freak out. It's not seventy seventy and seventy. It's like it doesn't need to be. As long as you're in that comfortable range, let it do its thing. Let the yeah. fluctuations exist. It's and not keep going in mind, to kill you, anything. When you have a hydrometer, they'll even say even on an analog one. Kind of the range, yeah. You'll Analogs range. are terrible, by the way. I know, but they yeah. suck. But you, you they'll, they're even conscientious to like show you the range that is yeah. relatively comfortable for a cigar to be in. Yeah, like they'll put the marker on on the low end and the marker on the high end. Yeah. So yeah, and and these coolers, what I like about them, so there's some people who actually buy wine coolers and then fashion in their own cigar accessories so they may take out the wine trays and they'll put in um you know the ability to put in like cedar shelves and so on which is great um now you have a couple options cool as a cool air and new air, new air yeah. and winter, winter yeah. which is the one i have are the two that actually build they take this wine cooler and they've already pre-built it into a uh, into a coolador, which I like. I don't have to fashion something myself, which is kind of nice. There's a convenience factor that exists there. And it the temperatures that they have on there are actually, because wine coolers are a bit lower in temperature, where they actually increase the temperature on this so you can get to that 70-70 range. Um, so they're, they are specific, but you could easily take a wine cooler and make it into a cool. And I've seen a lot of people do it. They'll put in their own fans. They'll adjust compressors and so on. Yeah. It works just as fine, but it's the convenience factor of buying these and is great. Like $220. Yeah. And you can get a 250 count. You can get a 400 count, which is pretty sweet. Um, mine's a 250 count. I am going to upgrade to a 400 count here pretty soon. Um, and then hold on to both of them. And I'll have one for like, you know, kind of specific, stuff that I want to age and the other one's just going to hold just the shit ton of inventory I already have. So, um, I'm going to be doing upgrades. So it gives you, there's some flexibility as far as what it can maintain, which I like. Um, it's definitely preference for me by far preference for me to, to have a cool door. I can't imagine going back to another desktop just because the maintenance is so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still waiting on yours? 
Yeah, or did you cancel I finally it? got a date on it. Oh, nice. When's it going to be here? March 2nd. Jesus Christ, man. I know. Do you know you can buy them on like HomeDepot.com and probably have it shipped to you next week? But I'm getting it for like 200 bucks. Still. This just sounds so laboring. a deal. I get it. Whatever. Did you get the same one I got? Yeah, I got a winner. The, the winter? I mean, I could have won New Air. This is basically the same thing. But... Uh, and this isn't to bash any one of the cool doors, but it is a vacuum sealed door with rubber on it. Yeah. Um, so when you seal it, kind of vacuums itself. Yeah, it's got like weather strip. Um, but people have had more issues with the doors on the new airs than winters. Yeah, that's good to know. So some people saying they're not getting a full seal on the door and it's slightly ajar. Yeah. It's still got rubber, so it's not really like it's leaking too much. Yeah, but that could be annoying over time. But it could be annoying. Because it's like constant. Yeah, when it's not sealing correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. That would suck over time. Maybe you just have it on a slight incline. Where the front <laughs> is just that. slightly just lifted. So it's just <laughs> good. Yeah. You know, then you're fine. Yeah, you could. Um, what I'd like to talk about on next episode is, so these are like the different ways that you can maintain cigars. in actual storage. Okay. But then on the next episode, what I'd like to do is talk about how you actually go about maintaining them. What do you use as far as, um, you know, distilled water versus PG solution? Which one's better? The different Zycar units, active and passive humidifiers, all those different things. How do you actually season a Coolador? So we've given you the storage stuff. Next time, we're going to give you how you actually maintain the process. And that'll be our, the second half of our two-parter. That's cool. It's kind of a sweet dealio. Man, I wish we had our We're Facebook some group. knowledge. I wish we had our Facebook group already because we could like just have the follow up after the podcast of like recommended products. Yeah, that's true. Almost like we're doing a workshop. Yeah, I'll post some. I I did last week posted a picture of my Coolador, and I'll probably post some more for like the innards, just so people can see. And I've I've put on there before exactly everything that I bought because I've had people like, "What is that exact setup?" And I've broken it, I've broken it down to the nth degree. Here's where to buy it. Um, you know, I think I was in 350 bucks total probably for everything. So not too terrible. And it's been great at maintaining everything. So I'm getting, it's yeah. it, definitely getting a lot out of it. Um, and I'll do that probably over the course of this week and just show different things that people can use. Like I'll show my, my desktop humidor. If people are interested in that, I can show them exactly, um, my cooler door set up, like the innards of it, what devices I'm using. And they even, to a degree, we can we can discuss like, hey, you know, how would you set up just something simple like a Tupperware cooler door, which is really easy. And if you need any more assistance on that, I'm gonna bash you over the face with a tack hammer <laughs> because it's so simple. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll go over the process probably intermittently throughout this week, and then we'll, of course we'll we'll divulge all the different things as far as maintenance goes on the next episode. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's gonna be real fun. I'm pretty tickled. Arts and crafts. Yeah, sometimes it's cool to do reviews. I love doing reviews. Definitely have enough coming up. That's for sure. I've got samples out the yin yang that I need From to boutiques, that yeah. I need to, to that we need to get to. But um, just because I've gotten so much in the way of questions about how to maintain, what to use, I figured this is a, as good a time as any for us to kind of go into more of a deep dive on the storage and maintenance piece of it. So we hope everybody finds this knowledgeable, and hopefully it helps everybody. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then fuck you. Then hit the replay button <laughs> until you get it right. Until you get it right. Until you figure this shit out. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> um, as always, fun episode. I love doing these. It just, it's such a good part of my Saturday, especially with being such a trying few like weeks. It's like, this is like my oasis. God, it's I was, great. I was up so late. And now it's going to end. Why would you do D and D? Oh, I don't want to get into that rabbit hole. <laughs> so ask me a question. So we'll end tell, it there. Talk about it with me. Okay, I'll ask you a question. No. How can they get a hold of you, Christopher? Um, you could find me on Instagram at Big Six Chris. Not to be mistake, mistaken with my penis size, Big Dicks Chris. <laughs> also, his personal Instagram. You can also reach me at nine three seven two six six. Right on. Uh, you can reach me at the Hot Ticket Pod on Instagram. Um, as always, if you guys could, this would be a huge help. A really huge help. 
please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That'd be awesome. We also have everything kind of posted on Stitcher as well. I know uh, I put out a poll this week as far as how people's preference on where they actually go to listen to podcasts. And guess what? iTunes barely squeaked out number one. It was 51 to 49%. Really? Was my, yeah. So I think a lot of people are really liking the idea of using other programs outside of iTunes, like a Stitcher and Podomatic. So going forward, I'm going to post a link to the specific episode every week in my Instagram. You can click that link and you can go directly to the episode on Podomatic. I probably should do the same. It just, it, I think it's, a little I, bit I, convenient. The, the, the feedback has just been, it was pretty overwhelming as far as like people want other avenues to listen. So I'm giving that, I'm, direct, I'm directly linking the episode as it comes Actually. out. And uh, this will give everybody the ability to listen when they want to. They don't have to worry about it downloading from iTunes if they're not using iTunes. And they can go directly to it. There was a guy replied to on your post about, he's like, I'm not listening to it on iTunes. He's like, do you recommend anything else? Yeah, yeah. And and I have the Podomatic link up there. We can easily put the Stitcher link. I just want to give people the ability to have as many outlets as they want to to listen to our podcast. I don't want, you know, it to be hindered just because we're – our preference is iTunes. Yeah. So I listen to them on iTunes because I listen to all my podcasts on iTunes, but I've listened to them on Podomatic too. So, yeah. you know, pick your poison. But there are other avenues out there. So we're going to be linking Podomatic under the Hot Ticket Pod Instagram page. So it'll just be a direct link to the current episode. And boom, there you go. And then, of course, you can go through all the other episodes too. They're all embedded in there. So, yeah. But again, please subscribe, rate, and review. Provide us feedback. Um, we're definitely going to be doing more questions and answer stuff going forward. I really need to get the Facebook page up. Sorry. I've been slacking on that, but for good reasons. I have a lot going on in my life. Back the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was almost unanimous on my... Because I never do stories, so people are never going to really find my stories. Yeah. Because I'm just not pro like very active with stories on Instagram. But even with the one I posted, I was asking... I asked... And, and hey... You can fill out the poll as well on my Instagram. Just go to my profile page, and the poll's right there. Nice. Um, as a highlight. But the question is, is, you know, as we move forward with the podcast, we want to make sure we address everybody's questions and comments who've been very good to us throughout the week, but also people that might have additional questions outside of the content we have on the podcast. So right. if that's something you would be interested in, let us know. And we'll we'll figure out where we put it in the podcast. Maybe it'll be at the end. Maybe it's at the beginning where we just right. answer your questions, reply to comments. Yeah, give you give you a little bit of love back. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we like it to be engaging. So, thank you everybody for listening. This is part one of our storage and maintenance podcast. We will do part two maybe next week, maybe the week after. It may stagger it. Kind of feel like doing a review next week, so it may be in two weeks. But either way, it will be forthcoming. You'll have it soon enough. If anybody does have questions and answers about this episode, you can just hit me up on Instagram or hit Chris up um, as far as the storage piece of it, and we're happy to answer any questions that you have. Thanks always for listening. We'll be back at you next week. See ya.